Advent service series. I think I need more, more coffee. So we, so Advent, again, it, it means like expectation, right? Something's going to happen. And all of us have um, probably unique family Christmas traditions, things that your parents did and their parents did before them. Uh, and, they, and they get passed along from generation to generation, right? Um, uh, our tradition is we don't open anything until Christmas morning. We don't open anything until Christmas morning, right, kids? And they're always asking us, can we open up one present, one present, please, 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 please? They know that's not our tradition. That's not who we are. Sometimes we do. We're, we like our kids. <laughs> And um, one thing that, you know, there are, you know, certain decorations or certain foods, certain, you know, cookies. Uh, the, the three things that my mom would always make would, would be like these, I don't know if they're called like Mexican wedding cookies. They're these little like dough balls covered in powdered sugar and they got like ground up nuts in them. That's one thing. Peanut butter bars covered in melted chocolate chips. That was another one. Lemon bars. Those are the three things that we always had as a kid growing up. And one of the other things that, that we would do is we would go down to downtown Chicago where they have these, you know, giant, you know, buildings. And the department stores would have these big windows and they would decorate them with displays that would be like progressive stories of the Nutcracker or Twas the Night Before Christmas or... Uh, a Christmas Carol, right? So they'd, they'd use these, these pictures, and they had these animatronic, you know, characters, and it was just beautiful and so well done. And we would go from pic, you know, window to window and look at those, and that would, and you know, sometimes we'd even do that on like Christmas Eve night. So it was cold, and we're like, oh, are we gonna get home in time for Santa Claus to, to come? Is he gonna be able to get into our house? Whatever. We, so here in Omaha, we tried to do that with our kids, and, and what we found was we would go down to, oh, what's the mall? Gene Leahy Mall. And we'd walk around, around the, the, the little water down there, and there, sometimes there'd be lights. We'd run down to uh, ConAgra Park and, and jump on the ice rink. Oh, go down the slides, those nasty, dirty slides. <laughs> but... The reason that I wanted to do that is because it, it was a tradition of going out and being together and seeing lights as a family that I grew up with. And so that's what I'm passing on to, to my kids. And hopefully, you know, they'll find ways to do something like that when they have their own, when they have their own kids. And with, with our Advent story, we're, we're seeing that kind of influence happen, right? We've been looking at like the major players, uh, starting with God with his will, um, initiating the Christmas story. And then we see Mary facing her fears and resigning the, the throne of her life to the Lord, saying, I'm the I'm the." the I'm the Lord's servant. Uh, and she believed that God would do what he said. And then we see Joseph, good man that he was, encounters an angel of the Lord in a dream. 
And afterwards, he put his trust in the Lord rather than in the law or public opinion, right? So in the Christmas story, Jesus is an infant who will grow up parented by Mary and Joseph. How might Jesus' role models have influenced his life of risk? Why have Jesus' followers been risk takers ever since? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this time of study, of uh, focusing on you and your word and your heart uh, and your will behind your word. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and, and connect those dots for us, connect our hearts to our heads, and influence us today to be just like you. Amen. All right, <clears throat> so in one of the most concise conversations that Jesus had about God's plan is when he explains to Nicodemus, this educated religious leader, how salvation has come to humankind. And religious people... like to put it all on themselves, right? We want to be able to do something. We want to be in control. And in John 3, verses 13 through 17, Jesus explains about who is in control and what he's doing. Here we go. John 3, verse 13. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So the imagery of the Son of Man being lifted up is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. And in the hours leading up to Jesus being turned over to the Romans, in Luke chapter 22, we find him praying like he usually does on the Mount of Olives. And this will be the verse that we're looking at today and kind of picking apart for um, today's message from the Lord. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. I'll give you, you have until I finish my sit to find your place. Luke twenty-two forty-two. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Few of us can imagine the moment Jesus is in this garden of Gethsemane 
and is about to say yes to rejection, torture, and death. The father who willed his birth is asked to will something different about his death. In a powerful, raw moment of humanity, Jesus asks that a change happen to his plans. And this is the change that he asked for. Take this cup of suffering from me. Love has led to this moment of truth. He has practiced risking everything, just as his parents did, and just as he had in his three years of ministry. Yet the cup is hard to drink. Is love enough? Our Father God's love for us, for his creation, for humankind. His love is the motivation of his will. It's because of his love for the world that he gave his one and only son. And he does not send his son to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Through Jesus' torture and crucifixion, we of this world are saved from our sins. But even in the case of Jesus, if he can avoid the, that cup of suffering, that is his desire and his prayer. This, um, a couple months ago, I was with uh, other pastors in our uh, region of uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Illinois. And one of them was talking about uh, their son, who is a gifted guitarist and gifted worship leader. And, you know, he's a young man, and he had told his parents, this is what I want to do. And, and, and they very wisely said, if you can do anything else, you should. Because it comes with a cup of suffering. <laughs> But if it's, if it's what the Lord has called you to do, then we're here with you. Isn't that interesting? And, and, and that, that, that is an educated decision, isn't it? And, and that's where Jesus was. I mean, he, he was looking at the Old Testament and all that Isaiah said about what the Son of Man would go through, what Daniel said about what the Son of Man would go through, what all the prophets have been saying for hundreds of years about what would transpire regarding the salvation of humankind. So Jesus, in this honest raw, human prayer. Father. Uh, now I get it. If you are willing, take this cup of suffering from me. 
And we get to the last part of that verse. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Risk leads to resolve in the story of our Lord. It's as if asking the question was just what Jesus needed to do. And the Father understood. Sometimes we just need to get all of the possibilities off our chest so we can settle into what we know is the right thing to do. In, in terms of ministry, I, I, I've heard about conversations between husbands and wives where one is like, I don't know if we can do this anymore, right? And then the other says, what else would we do? What else would we do but the will of the Lord? If this is what he's called us to do, then we're going to do it. Why do we do that? Mary did that. Joseph did that. Jesus did that. And if we are followers of Jesus, then we represent him. And we, and we do what he does. And, and, and what did Jesus say? I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing. These influencers in our lives give us a model to follow. And there is always a risk. There's always a risk. And the enemy loves to put that, my hand gets real big, right? Put that risk right in our faces. We can't get away from whatever he's putting, putting out there. So let me say this. Do not allow the enemy to convince you with his lies that not wanting to experience pain is weakness. Or that it disqualifies you somehow. Joseph, Jesus' father, considered a path that would lead away from marrying Mary, who was pregnant, before they had had sexual relations. Jesus, our Lord, asked the father if he would please take the cup of suffering from him. And we see in the same way of humility and a servant's heart like Mary. And putting a full trust in God's plan like Joseph, that Jesus submits his will to God's. Jesus let God's love lead him right into and through that cup of suffering. For those of us who have been tempted to believe that your thoughts or your actions or your inactions make you less than to God, allow me to correct your thinking. Please turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 35. Can anything ever separate you from Christ's love? That's rhetorical. 
doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or above or in the earth below. and Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have been tempted to believe the opposite of, of those verses, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Will you receive his love for you? Will you submit yourself to be the Lord's servant? Will you trust God and obey him? Are you willing to risk wanting God's will to be done and not your own? These are the characteristics of influencers. And for you who follow Jesus, this is your heritage. These are the traditions that have been set for us by those who have come before us. I love this. How much fire does it take to start a fire? A little risk goes a long way when the heart is ready, kindling, waiting to ignite. Ask the Lord to make your heart ready by love to risk. The title for this one was Letting Love Lead You, The Risk of Jesus. Saying yes to God's plan will include being invited to engage in risk. And one of those risks will include being invited to love others who are not lovely. Just like Jesus did. Just like he does today. What are we risking by loving those who don't share our values? Time? Money? Physical harm? Maybe even our lives? Would God ask you to risk those things to love another person? Yes. Jesus is our teacher, and we are his disciples. And when we call ourselves by his name as Christians, you better believe that God's own ridiculous, I don't know why I said ridiculous, you better believe that God's plan includes Loving the world indiscriminately. That is our culture. 
That is our DNA. That is the example that was set for us from God's heart of love through Mary, through Joseph, through Jesus. He, the Father, leads us by love and we love the world by his love for the world. Let us ask the Lord to make our hearts ready by love to risk. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am willing to lay down my all, my safety, my security, my time, my resources, my life, in obedience to you. And when people will say to me, what about all this stuff that you're risking? My response will be, yet not my will be done, but yours. God. Because I have received your love. I have encountered Jesus. And it has changed me. And I would say to them, if you had encountered Jesus like I did in my vision, there's nothing else that I could do but say yes and obey. Lord, <clears throat> with this week that's coming up, I, I ask for your presence to be just poured out lavishly, Lord. And may we, may we, like the Grinch, like Ebenezer Scrooge, may our hearts be open to being filled to overflowing with your love. That we would connect um, intellectually and, what is this? Heart, physical, <laughs> physically, <laughs> and emotionally, Lord, with with the reality of your gift. But more than that, more than just a thought, Lord, may we truly encounter uh, the person of Jesus Christ. May your Holy Spirit empower us and change us from the inside out. All glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pronounce our blessing, and then we will definitely take some time for uh, praying. Pr praying. We got a peanut gallery here saying, it's praying. I, he doesn't sound like that. I'm sorry. Neither does she. Praying. I know it's ridiculous. Anywho's. <sighs> Isn't it? <laughs> uh, thank you guys for, for continuing to be willing to be in relationship with me. Let's pray. Then the Lord said, tell the priest to bless the people with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you 
and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Whenever the priests bless the people in my name, I will bless them myself. So I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus to receive his peace and his favor and his protection and his grace and his smile and his blessing.